TRP is a theologically progressive Baptist church in Salisbury, Maryland. This is our podcast. Okay, for those of you who don't know me, which half of you are my family, but for the other half, um, I'm Susie Peterson and I'm the associate pastor here at the Restoration Project. There's some things I want to say before I begin this morning. Before agreeing to write and deliver the sermon, I ran it by Dory. And for those of you who don't know her, Dory is my oldest child. Um, She's 23. She was going to be here today, but she was afraid it was going to be too awkward. So here we are. The second thing I want to communicate is that it's not my intention to get up here and put churches and other Christian organizations down. My purpose today is to inform you of the effects, both positive and negative, that words and actions have. As I speak about specific situations, I'd like you to contemplate on what you would expect the Christian response to be, and if that tracks with the actual outcomes of the conversations and the the actions that I'm going to talk about. Thirdly, this talk is not going to delve into the theology behind my beliefs. I can provide plenty of resources, and I'm glad to sit down with you one-on-one with anyone, um, but today's purpose is simply to tell our story. So I apologize for all of you who know me well. This first part's going to be a little bit redundant, um, but I do believe it's important for me to give my background a bit so that um, it makes a little more sense when I talk about when she came out and our response our response. Um, So I grew up in the Methodist church and we attended pretty regularly. Um, In all the years that I went to church here in town, um, I don't ever remember the topic of homosexuality ever being something that was discussed in the church. And I know that there are many people here today that um, were part of an evangelical church in the past. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that in those certain circles, um, in the evangelical setting, that this wasn't the case, that you never heard it mentioned. Um, This stuck, as I was writing this, this is something that really stuck out to me. Um, I went to college in the South, and I do remember that first year in college, feeling the pull to go to church. Um, And I went to a Methodist church. Um, And during the service, keep in mind that Homosexuality was nothing that I ever heard discussed in church. Um, And the minister talked about a children's book called Heather Has Two Mommies. I'm guessing that most of you might be too young to to remember it, but um, it was a book written in 1999, and it was one of the first LGBTQ children's literature uh, to garner widespread attention. In the book, the author introduces readers to a family unit that's made up of two women, and their young daughter. And it opened up a discussion at the time about same-sex couples um, as parents. In 1989 and the years after its publication, uh, let's just say there was a lot of hoopla over the subject matter. I remember thinking it was great that this fictional child had two loving parents. In this church service, though, the minister preached about how abhorrent the book was, and how they were standing up against it. I suppose I was a young, naive, 17, 18-year-old, but I couldn't believe my ears. I was shocked that this was being talked about in the middle of a church service, and it made me mad. Like, 
I beelined it out of there so that I wouldn't have to shake the, <laughs> shake the uh, minister's hand and talk to him. Um, that's my Enneagram 9 conflict avoidance peacemaker. <laughs> it was alive and well in my younger years. Let's just avoid it. But I don't ever recall having conversations about gay and lesbian people growing up. But we were raised to treat everyone with love and respect. It went without saying that people in the LGBTQ community should be loved and respected and treated just like everyone else. It was never a, quote, thing in my family or my friend circles, which I suppose is saying something since I grew up here on the Eastern Shore. Fast forward a couple of years and my sister came out. It was pretty surprising at the time, um, but she, I texted her during the prep for this and she has confirmed that she felt loved and accepted by her family. Um, she mentioned how my dad immediately offered to go to PFLAG, parents and friends of lesbians and gays, which, you know, at the time was, was something that was back in the early 90s. But when I began to become involved in leadership here at TRP, there were a group of us who began reading books about homosexuality and the Christian faith. Most of what we read was from the open and affirming point of view, because for most of the group, it was the viewpoint they hadn't heard most of their lives. I remember asking Josh for a book recommendation that discussed what one would call the traditional stance of the church, because I hadn't grown up hearing that side of it. I had always been privy to the accepting and loving side stances, so I thought I should educate myself about the other side. I really hate to relegate this to, I don't want it to sound like it's one side against the other, um, but that's what it feels like a lot of the time. I'm not advocating that at all, but I just want to talk honestly about it. And then this group of ours at the time, an individual spoke up at the end of after our big discussion, um, everybody kind of went around and said where they landed on it. Um, and a friend said, you know, I don't know what the right or wrong answer is theologically, but I'm choosing the air on the side of loving people. And that has stuck with me ever since. So here at TRP, um, I don't know, past few months, if not longer, um, we have kind of more of a back and forth exchange during the service for those of you who were first timers today. Um, and I thought this might be a good time to bring you all into the conversation before I move on. Now that I've given you a brief history of my upbringing, I'm curious to hear about your upbringings and the teachings that you received or heard around LGBTQ matters. So if anyone is open to sharing and, and feels up for it, I'd love, we'd love to hear. Thank you. 
Sure, so some really strong feelings about this, and also how different it is just from church to church, right? Across the religion. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with a variety of different church backgrounds. My family moved a lot when I was a kid, so like depending on where we lived, sometimes we turned into like whatever church they found. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but I remember in high school we went to a, a Presbyterian church, and I was like part of youth group, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the message was. Okay, so Tracy, my husband, there we go, shout out. <laughs> um, we went through a pretty good period of time as we were raising our kids in evangelical churches and settings. Um, our kids went to a private Christian school, two of them K through 12, and Noah attended up until high school. There'll be more on that later. Um, we were pretty conservative for a while. And who am I kidding? Tracy still is. <laughs> but anyway, to work at the school, I had to sign a document that stated that marriage was between a man and a woman only. I justified this in my head somehow, probably calling gay marriage civil unions or something. Um, I don't really remember how how I reconciled it, but I never changed my views, but I did sign that document for several years. Um, I can wholeheartedly say that it would not happen now, and I've been pretty vocal about that at the school. Um, enough about me. Let's move on. Dory graduated in June of 2017. About two to three weeks afterwards, we were all sitting out in our sunroom when she came out. Not out in the sunroom, but out, out. She had her dear best friend with her for support. Out of nowhere, she said, I'm a little bit gay. <laughs> and I questioned, a little bit gay? And she said, okay, all the way gay. <laughs> Thus the sermon title. I don't know how she remembers it, but I remember responding, okay, we love you. I remember tearing up later that day when it was just Tracy and I, thinking about how ugly people can be and the hurt that she would likely feel throughout her lifetime. I know I asked plenty of questions later, um, including, when did you know? She responded to that question by telling me she had always kind of known. In the days of high school musical, while all her friends had crushes on Troy, Zac Efron, and let's be honest, my, I did too. I used to joke that I was going to marry him, even though I was a married woman with kids. Um, her crush was on Gabriella. I remember one of my first thoughts being, oh my gosh, she's lived her whole life not being able to be her true self, and that broke my heart. I want to go ahead and talk about the responses that she received from, I'm going to put, quote, Christians. 
I want to reiterate that I don't want this to come across as a blame session full of negativity. My intent is not to talk bad about other Christians, churches, organizations, or schools, but I do want to be open and honest and tell you how these responses affected my child and by extension, her family as people who love her and want to protect her. She texted her close school friends in their group text to tell them, the Christian school friends. She received nothing but silence with the exception of her best friend that had provided the support as she told us. I know it was addressed with some of them later on, but with others, the conversation never did happen. She was very much involved in a Christian youth organization. For at least four years, she had been an active participant and had always planned to become a leader for other youth. That day ended the day that she came out since leaders can't be gay. She was almost made to stay in a room by herself that last year at summer camp, um, but they eventually decided to let her stay in with the rest of her friends. She had a leader that was very supportive and affirming, and that still means so much to her and, and to me. The things that she heard about being gay in her 13 years of school are awful. After te a teacher quoted a, quote, scientific study that supposedly supported the theory that you choose to be gay, I contacted him to ask for his source. It was from something he couldn't even remember the name of from his master's program in, wait for it, the early 1980s. Meanwhile, he espoused this as a proven fact as he sat on a, another quote, experts panel during spiritual emphasis week. Through the years, she listened to speaker after speaker who condemned homosexuality and again espoused dire consequences for those that chose that, another air quote, lifestyle. Pro tip today, don't use that terminology. If you wouldn't call a heterosexual marriage a lifestyle, don't do it for same-sex couples. She's heard a pastor say that AIDS was God's way of showing gay people that they're sinning. She's been invited to youth groups and churches where the message was addressing homosexuality and the sinfulness of it many times. Each time the underlining message was, you're not enough. There have even been speakers in the last year in this town of ours that are proponents of conversion therapy. I can't stress to you enough the damage these things do and cause to individuals. I asked a few close family and friends about what they experienced after coming out, and I'd like to talk through those as well. Again, I'm not relaying these stories for any other reason than to, to describe what it's like for LGBTQ folks to come out in the church so that we can think about how to act appropriately and love people well. People I know and love have been denied the opportunity to volunteer with kids ministry in the church. They've been told that church leadership is out of the picture. They've been told that their orientation is not God's plan for them and that they're going in the opposite direction of God's plan for their life. Um, the book, which I had never heard of actually, Gay Girl, Good God, 
was mentioned by a couple of different people to me. They were given copies of this book, which was written by a woman who was a lesbian and claims to have been changed by God. The book says, quote, in Gay Girl, Good God, author Jackie Hill Perry shares her own story offering practical tools that helped her in the process of finding wholeness. So it's essentially a book about conversion. Just imagine being given that book and when you knew the underlying mess, what the underlying message was. When people give these books or invite you to services that talk about conversion or hell or whatever else, relationships change, relationships end. Relationships change for the family members as well. It's hard to forget the dumb stuff that people have said to me about um, homosexuality before Dory came out. And I tend to be overly vocal now about Dory and her girlfriend, um, not giving people the chance to say hurtful things without knowing. Um, I think it might be a bit of a defense mechanism for me. Again, the underlying message is you're not enough. I have a friend from my high school days that I've recently reconnected with. She and her family were always very involved in church and Christian youth groups. Her daughter came out and her plan was to become a leader in a different Christian organization um, and it was quickly halted. I was talking to her the other day, she's very wise about this talk, and she said this, I've been thinking a lot about the idea that Christ sought out and served the rejected, yet people claiming to follow him are sometimes the biggest rejectors. Said another way, Christ was crucified on the cross for us all, but we continue to crucify those he loves because of our stiff fundamental beliefs. How true this is. We have story after story in the Bible of Jesus upending social norms and accepting and including, including those who are oppressed. So why do we leave the LGBTQ community out? Many churches say all are welcome here, but in reality, it, it seems more like all are welcome here as long as you can check these boxes. By the way, my friend's daughter is getting ready to attend seminary so that she can then fight for the rights of everyone in the church. I came across a quote re recently from Jared Bias from his book, Love Matters More. In it, he says, Grace is the risk to believe that lasting change will come through acceptance rather than judgment. That's a tough call to action for Christians, but I believe a very, very important one. So this next part, I want to preface it by saying that I know not everyone is in the same place theologically, and that's okay. The beauty of this church is that we can all believe different things, but under Christ, we're brothers and sisters. We try to speak and live with compassion and grace, even if we're radically different from one another. That being said, if you feel up for it, I'd love to hear from you all about when or if, if and when your thinking changed um, and how it changed. Maybe you still aren't sure today about the theology behind being affirming, but I do know, I know enough to know that every person in this space loves people well regardless. So if there wasn't a major event that changed your thinking, maybe you can share how 
you you can support our LGBTQ friends and family. And I think that's the important part is that you continue, we all continue to grow. I mean, I don't think there's anyone in here that can say they're the same person that they were at 17, 18. I hope not. What's up?
Thank you. So I don't really have any dynamic ending other than to say that your words and your actions matter. As I mentioned throughout this talk, in all of the hurtful things that our LGBTQ loved ones have had to hear and witness, there's an underlying message. You are not enough. So I'd like to close why, what close by repeating what we tell our kids here each and every week. This is not just true for the kids, but for each and every one of you in the seats here this morning. So take this in. You are loved by the same God who created this big and beautiful world. You are accepted by that God, by all of us here, just as you are. You have worth that is beyond measure. You have value that cannot be calculated and you have something to offer the world that is unique to you. You are such a big, important part of this church, and we're so glad that each and every one of you are here today. So I'm just gonna close with this. Um, I remember Dory telling me about a conversation with someone after she came out who was questioning, quote, the whole gay thing. She told this person that she was created by God and that God doesn't make mistakes. 
Dory's been made in his image, just as everyone here today has been. She decided, like I said, she decided not to come today, but I would like to thank her for allowing me to tell this story. She didn't hesitate when I asked, and I'm thankful for her open, loving heart and her bravery. So, thank you all.